So I'm just curious, how many of you had to move elementary schools once? How about twice? All right, anyone three times? Anyone more than three? Wow. So my father was raised in a Marine Corps family, and he moved a lot, I would consider, because he went to three elementary schools and only two and two middle schools. I thought it was a big deal when I moved my kids once. He said, though, that the community on base, it was so very important. And as soon as they moved to the base, the the first thing that they were excited to do is run into their house and look out into the common area and to see how many kids would be their new playmates. And so sure enough, they would, they would ro- roll up because everybody moves in June or July, and you would see what kids already moved in. And those were going to be their new friends. My dad said all the kids were in the same boat because they knew what it was like to be the new kid. Everyone had just moved the year before or was fixing to move or was to be the one who had just moved And so you had instant family. The culture on a military base is one of a community of welcome. And you you welcome others because guess what? You used to be the one who needed that or you were going to be the one who needed to give it. Welcome all because one day you might be the stranger in need of welcome. Welcome all because on the base, family and community matter. Throughout the Old Testament, the people of God are continually challenged to welcome the stranger, the alien, the widow, and the orphan. And why? Because God says, guess what? I welcomed you, and there was a time when you were the stranger and the alien, and you were welcomed. And then Jesus, Jesus walks the earth, and it's like he is just drawn like a magnet to people that are on the fringes. He is drawn to the people that seem to be the stranger, the alien, the outcast. Drawn to the people that seem to have no one to welcome them. And some people didn't like it. Some people were super uncomfortable because those cultural boundaries that he crossed, it risked making the community diverse. In the early church, this tension between different cultures continued. The Apostle Paul writes over and over and over again, Yes, you are all diverse. You are so different. You are different religions. You are different economic status. You are different in marital status. But guess what? We've all chosen to focus our lives on Christ. And so there's going to be something different that brings us together. Friends, today, we have been called to do community in a different way. We have been called because of the way that Christ lived to welcome all. To help us flesh that out today, we're going to look at one of Paul's letters that he wrote to the Ephesians. Before we read the text, though, I have to tell you that the scripture begins with the word so. And whenever you see the word so in a text, in our version, which we we read here tends to be the NRSV, it's, it's actually a word in the Greek, un. And un, in English, you could translate it as, therefore. As a teenager, like, have you ever been talking to a teenager, um, and then you're you're trying to make a point, and you take a breath, and they say, and? That's That's what an un is. 
So the first word of our text today begins with the word sow. And what Paul is sowing about is that this church in Ephesus, well, it's got two groups of people in it. It's got Jews and non-Jews, or what might be called Gentiles. And according to the world, Jews and non-Jews, they're not supposed to hang out. They're definitely not supposed to be in the same worshiping space. And yet, they both have experienced a transformation because of their relationship with Jesus. And this is what Paul says. So then, you you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of the Lord. As I dissected this verse last week, part of it had to do with the environment that I'm in. And one of the things that I did over the pandemic in order to gain a sense of control is that I organized all of my kids' Lego bricks by color. And as I'm sitting there staring at these very organized shelving units of Lego bricks, I realized this text is like a Lego map. Look here. It says, there is the household of God, and first, step one, is the cornerstone. The cornerstone, that is Jesus. Step two, we've got the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And this is where it gets crazy. Step three is that all the people, they're all bound together because of that cornerstone. It's like they're connected, they're tethered to one another. And then step four, that is where God dwells. That is where God dwells. Remember who Paul's talking to. Paul's talking to a very disparate and might say, one might say divided group of people. He's actually talking to a local church that can't seem to get along. And yet, there's only one house. Welcome all. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, it's a beautiful analogy after analogy after analogy about what heaven and hell would be like. And hell, for C.S. Lewis, is that guess what? You can have whatever house you want. I mean, you can build it however you want. You can put whatever you want in it. And in fact, if you don't like that house, you can actually just build another one. And maybe you like different flooring in that one. But in hell, everybody has to live alone. House after house after house after house with only one person in it or it's empty. As much as our world and culture pull us to take sides up against one another, God is calling his followers to live and proclaim a different culture. As members of the household of God, we are welcomed, and therefore we must welcome all. Our world and our country, our city, our school districts, 
They seem to be getting more divided and more polarized and sided. I hope you know this is not new to 2020 or to 2021. This has been going out throughout the history of the world. People have struggled to get along. If you look at the Old Testament, there's more war than there is peace. You see, this is not something that we can blame on a political figure or an interest group or even on a virus. This is the reality that Paul speaks to in this church in Ephesus. He says, you are different people, yes, You have different backgrounds, you have different presents, and you have different futures, but you are no longer strangers or aliens to one another. Because of the way each of us has been welcomed into the house of God by grace alone, we must welcome all into that one house. What lengths are we willing to go to make those in our communities those in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our own families? What lengths are we willing to go so that all people feel welcome in Christ? In the Second World War, a group of soldiers lost one of their comrades, and they wanted to be able to give him a proper burial. They didn't want to just leave him on the battlefield. But they remember as they walked into the village that there was this old church with a fence. And so in the night they took him and they carried his body and they knocked on the door and a very bent over old man, his face just showed immense wisdom, passion, and story. And they knocked and they said, we want to be able to bury our friend here. And he didn't really understand English that well, but he could tell by looking at them that they were different. And he said, I'm so sorry. We only bury those of the same faith here. Well, just absolutely dismayed, they began to walk away from him. And he said, but you can bury him outside the fence. And so they decided, well, that was better than nothing. And so they went and dug a hole through the night And they buried their friend, and then they went back to their camp. And a few days later, as they were getting ready to leave, they decided they would go visit the grave one more time. And they got there, and they walked around the whole fence, and they could not find this grave. And they thought, oh my gosh, were we so disoriented and fatigued that we don't even remember? And so they knocked on the door, and they said, sir, we cannot find our grave We were here, but can you please point us in the right direction? And the man looked back at them, and with a smile, he said, Oh, friends, I moved the fence last night. Early this morning, I moved the fence so your friend could be included. In my time of being part of this community here at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, I am so proud to say that all I see is continual welcome. I see that whether people walk into this space and they are young and single, or they are widowed, or they are divorced, they will be welcomed. I have known gay and straight people to walk in here, and they are welcomed regardless. I have known young, squirmy little children like my own who have walked into this space and they have been welcomed. You know, I say it every week that our mission is to invite people 
into God's larger story. This is the thing. You have three clergy on staff and about 25 staff. It's our job to do ministry. But it is a responsibility of each of us in this community to take that ministry from this place. I don't think that you are part of this specific community of faith that is so welcoming and loving and nurturing just for yourself. I think that this is your great responsibility as a follower of Christ to take your ministry out into the world and to welcome others. Jesus sought out the stranger. Jesus sought out the student that was sitting by herself or sitting by himself during lunch. Jesus sought out the one that was going to have an awkward conversation. Jesus sought those people out. He has modeled for us, and if we are called to live as Christ has lived, then we too need to be seeking out these folks. What fence might you need to move so that someone else feels welcomed? Jesus moved fences daily so that all people would feel included in his household. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.